Welcome to Career Talk with OG. Um, I have taken over the OG stage here. I'm Cheryl, branch manager at the Santa Clara City Library, and I am so thrilled to be here today with Oscar and Angelica Garcia with the Spirit Consulting. I don't know if many of you guys know this, but um, you know, Oscar and I have worked together for the past like five years and it's so hard to believe and so exciting to believe that we're celebrating your five-year anniversary and this is awesome so we decided to kind of um kind of do this program a little bit differently and uh we wanted to kind of pull back the curtain and kind of get the nuts and bolts of how this spirit consulting became what it is today i don't know if you guys know but a spirit consulting is like it was domestic, but now it's international. They're speaking in El Salvador. They're in Vietnam. They're actually here in America too, which we're so <laughs> glad. So um, let me kick this off a little bit. Um, Oscar, why don't you share the story? Take us from the beginning of like, you were working at the Chamber of Commerce here in, uh, in the city of Mountain View and kind of talk about that and then how the evolution became to a spirit consulting. Of course. So, well, first of all, Cheryl, thank you very much uh, for, uh, you know, taking over hosting. I, you know, I had been, uh, this is our um, five year anniversary for spirit consulting. And uh, as I was thinking back, I'm like, you know what, Cheryl would be, is the perfect person to kind of moderate this because you were there from the beginning and uh so just kind of going back i remember uh back in 2015 uh like you said i was working at the uh chamber as a chamber ceo and had been there for almost seven years um went through the the great recession back in 2008 9 10 uh and um i don't know i was just kind of felt like been there kind of done that and i was i started to think about like what's going to be you know my next career move, business move, et cetera, and so forth. And um, I remember I gave my board a seventh month notice, letting them know that I was going to be leaving, which is kind of unheard of, you know, to do that, uh, that much uh, lead time. But it also gave me the opportunity to do some informational interviews and talk to people about, um, uh, you know, what they were doing and kind of, you know, do an assessment. Anyways, um, I left the chamber and I honestly didn't have anything lined up. Um, in about two months after that, uh, LinkedIn reached out to me. I had been talking to LinkedIn and they reached out to me and they said, hey, we got the rec approved um, for some doing some, uh, some work with us. It's a one-year consulting contract gig. Are you still interested? I'm like, sure. And so I actually started working at LinkedIn doing community relations work um, part-time, about 20, 25 hours a week. And... Um, and, and I still, from a business standpoint, I still wasn't clear on what it is that I really wanted to do. But during that year at LinkedIn, um, it gave me a little more clarity in that I'm like, you know what? I know I'm going to start my own consulting business. And, you know, kind of working backwards, I'm like, LinkedIn is actually my first client because <laughs> I'm, I'm working as a contractor slash consultant here uh and so that's how aspida uh consulting started really um just doing some consulting work and uh and then there was that infamous email that you sent looking for a recruiter from linkedin to do a basic linkedin one-on-one workshop at your library and um part of my role was to find 
employees at LinkedIn to do some community work. And because your workshops start at 7 p.m., like, you know, you're still keeping to that schedule, even virtually, it was hard. I couldn't find uh, an employee, a LinkedIn employee to come and do your your workshop because it would have been a really long day for, for them. And, I, and and again, I remember reaching back out or telling you, I'm like, hey, Cheryl, you know what? I'm sorry, I can't get a recruiter, but we have this deck here, which anyone can download it off the internet. It's free, okay? Basic LinkedIn 101. And I said, hey, I've never done this this presentation. We've got the standard deck. I can go do it. And you're like, sure, come on over and do it. And the rest was this history. <laughs> yeah, you know, when I was talking to you over the phone, you know, I guess the thing with me is like, when I work with speakers, I feel energy, right? And if I talk to somebody and I feel a certain energy and I was like, you know what? Maybe he's never done this before, but it doesn't really matter to me because I think he, I feel like he could do it. I mean, with your chamber of commerce experience, I was like, this guy, you know, he could do it. Anybody can do it. And luckily, you know, things worked out really well to the point where I was asking you to do like multiple seminars for us. Like people were kept asking us for different types of topics and uh, different things. And so we just kind of put you to work and really like expanded all the seminars that you, you, you were uh, doing anything on career workshops. So, I mean, it was great. And we appreciate you doing that. And who knew? I mean, I couldn't have imagined that we'd be here five years later. I mean, of course, you had imagined this. So, I mean, you talked a little bit about you had this idea and these dreams. Like, how and when did you decide that right now is the right time to make the leap? Because I think that for a lot of potential entrepreneurs, I think the sticking point is trying to connect the dots, you know, trying to figure out when is the right time to kind of go. So kind of, if you can dissect that portion, that would be great. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, the right time is really personal to every single person, uh, to every single one of us, because there's so many factors that play into the right time. You know, you know are you married? Uh, do you have kids? How old are your kids? What's your financial situation? All the, you know, those factors come into it emotionally too, as well. And um, for me, I mean, uh, my kids had grown up um, and, um, you know, also uh, uh, I had just lost uh, my, well, actually, let me see, hold on. Uh, yeah. In 2000, in, Geez, next month is going to be five years that also that I lost my dad. My dad passed away. And then four months later, my mom passed away. And I actually was my parents' primary caregiver as well. So I had a lot of responsibility. And all of a sudden, I didn't have, you know, that, that, that the responsibility there as, uh, as, as, as before. So on a personal level, that also gave me some time, obviously, to focus on and take some chances. But, um, but the other thing too is is that I remember you know in 2015 the economy even up until hello up until the beginning of this year the economy was like hot right like things were going well um, I had worked in the past in the tech industry for startups I worked in the tech industry for 12 years five different startups and then I pivoted and went into the nonprofits last chamber world and so I was thinking like maybe you know it's time for me to kind of get back into tech et cetera and so forth things are going well. And so those were some of the factors that played into me wanting to make uh, that transition and, you know, essentially take, take the leap. 
Yeah, taking the leap can be very, very dangerous, especially if you don't have savings to fall back on. And I, I can imagine that a lot of people in the Bay Area here or even all over the world have, you know, are experiencing COVID right now and the effects of like not having enough income or maybe being furloughed or maybe being laid off. Like how, you know, you didn't, is there a safety net? You didn't really have a safety net. Like, you know, can you give us some advice on like, if you don't have like, they're walking on a typewriter wire and they want to have like a net. No, you know, yeah, well, okay, so you're right, I didn't, I just, see, that's another thing, too, that I've changed, because I used to be very analytical, like, you know, I joke around, but there is truth, and some of my trainings where, you know, I say that most of us, you know, um, have to have our ducks in a row, you know, and figure things out before we make the leap, etc., and that used to be me, and I didn't even own a rubber duck back then, let alone have my ducks in a row. And and all of a sudden I realized, you know, again, in, you know, in 2015, I'm like, you know what? What the heck? This is a time for me to just jump, just jump, just dive in the pool. I, who knows? The water's probably cold. Okay, but just jump. All right. And it took some guts, some courage to take that leap. Now, do I incur? Do I say to, uh, or, or do I believe that everyone needs to do that way? No, absolutely not. But also, though. What I do believe is that we shouldn't use the fear of just taking the jump from holding us back because that's what used to happen to me, that I used to have these ideas, want to do things, and, and then I would get analysis paralysis and life happened. And so this time I said, you know what? Life is going to happen. I'm just going to jump and do it. Hmm. Okay, so in jumping, did you have any mentors or like somebody to really emulate and look up to? I mean, you talked a lot about your parents it were, and of course, because I've sat in a lot of your seminars, I know that your parents and your family background is a lot of your inspiration for start for, for everything that you do. So yeah. are there any like mentors and how did you find them? Yeah. You know, that's a great question, uh, sure, because I thought about that, too, because oftentimes, you know, we think, you know, and we hear and I encourage people like find a mentor, you know, or a coach or this and that. And there's a lot of co great coaches out there. Um, for me, I, I had people, friends, and I still do, that I respect that have their successful businesses for many years, 10, 15, 20, 25 years. And they're very good at what they do. But. I also realized too that what I wanted to so, so so it's like like I didn't I didn't necessarily have the traditional mentor mentee relationship with these people but rather like I would look or talk to them take the things that that I like about them that they do and then I would also and I have because again when I lost my parents I mean I just did a lot of self-reflection and thinking back of life lessons, you know, that I've learned from my parents and so forth. And I, I started realizing, like, uh, you know, that kind of that self-awareness or self-reflection and realize like, wait a minute, many of the life lessons that have served me to overcome the challenges, whether it was, you know, college or my career or now my business, I actually learned those lessons from my parents. It's just that my antennas weren't up then and now I'm like, they are up and I'm like, 
oh yeah, you know what? Like sometimes you remember things from the past. You're like, that's right. I remember, you know, your, your friends tell you about a, a certain, you know, experience in high school. Like, hey, do you remember when we went blah, blah, blah? And you're like, oh my gosh, you're right now I remember. It's like this epiphany, right? And so that's what, st what started happening with me. Like this, I guess, epiphany of these life lessons from my parents. And the more I think about that and reflect that, the more like epiphanies that I get from my, that, that I've gotten from things that my parents, that I observe. Because my, also my parents were not the type either. They were typical blue collar workers, you know, that they didn't sit down on the kitchen table like, hey, listen, son, you know, let us teach you, you know, what's going on. No, I just observed what they did and how they reacted. And now I've interpreted. The other, the other thing too, uh, uh, as well, is, is that, I have to be careful on the advice that I take from people because like when I went to go work at the chamber to run the chamber, I had zero experience. And you've heard this, me tell this many times, I had zero experience. And the board and myself wanted to take the chamber in a completely different direction. We wanted to attract the startups, also young entrepreneurs. And then of course, you know, our existing members as, as, as well. But I only spoke to one chamber executive. All the others, the reason why I didn't talk to them, not because I didn't respect them, I respected them, but I didn't want to emulate what they had because what they had was their grandfather's chamber of commerce. And mm -hmm. I was not looking to emulate a grandfather chamber of commerce. I was looking to create something totally new. So that's the other thing too, is I'm, I'm very careful whose advice that I take. There are some people out there that again, are really good at what they do, but they suck at, today communicating via social media, branding themselves, the way they brand themselves is like old farts. And guess what? That is not how I brand myself. So therefore I'm not gonna take your advice. As, as successful as you've been, you know, uh, riding a, a horse, guess what? We're in the Jetsons area, era today. Go, go Jetsons. Um, hey, so, you know, it, Angelica, I mean, you've seen the evolution of, you know, your dad kind of grew, from LinkedIn <laughs> or from the chamber even back when. Yeah. So, you know, from a from a daughter's perspective, I mean, you know, your dad talked a lot about his upbringing is, you know, do you agree or do you think that there's more than just that because I think Oscar is a very unique individual. You, you could probably say your dad is a very, very, um, you know, when people think, you know, in the box, he's more outside of the box. So, you know, tell me more, Angelica, how, how, <laughs> how, yeah, it's definitely been an uh, evolution. It's been a process. It's definitely not something that happened in the span of five, 10 or 15 years. Like it's, it's been a while. <laughs> and so, um, I think the irony of everything is that he is very introverted. And I mean, we've seen, I, I mean, I saw him going from the chamber. It's like, are you sure? Like you have to talk to people, like a lot of people. <laughs> and then you go to LinkedIn and then it starts like kind of getting more and more out of his comfort zone. And each time it was, it was really exciting to see him push past that comfort zone. And at the same time also, um, kind of being blown away because um i myself am also an introvert so kind of seeing that way of someone who is able to still 
network and still be able to have these meaningful connections, but at the same time be this quote unquote introvert. So it's definitely been a process and definitely been something that's been exciting to be a part of. Absolutely. And Helica, what would you say is the one thing that has attributed to the success of Aspira? I mean, I mean, obviously Aspira Consulting. What is, if you had to choose one thing, what would that be? I would definitely say it's my dad's resiliency. Um, I mean, who would have thought that in five years we would have accomplished what we have? And I think it just really speaks to one, our up, his upbringing, but also our culture, our Mexican-American culture, and knowing that when we are thrown into chaos, we fight back. And so just that, that type of attitude and that type of spirit is really is what's been able to take Espita from like the little, you know, garage type idea to this full, full uh, fledged business. So Oscar, I'm going to ask you the same question. What is one attribute that you believe that has contributed to the success of Spirit Consulting? Um, there's several, but I, I'll tell you what one that, that comes to mind, and that is that is just the relentless pursuit of my goal. And and while at times, many times, my goal hasn't been clear, you know, crystal clear, and all that. I just know that I have, at times it's been vague, but, it, but I know that there's a goal. It's kind of like if you've ever driven in heavy fog and the most you can see is probably not, not even to the hood of your car, but you're on the road and you know that, hey, you know, you're going, getting closer to your destination, and, but it's foggy and you know, like that's, we're in that direction of, uh, of, 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 of our goal. And that's at times how it's been is that, you know what, regardless of whether it's clear or not, I'm going to keep moving forward. Because one of the things that I also say is activity beats perfection, activity beats perfection. And, you know, to Angelica's point, like during the, uh, the last, whatever, eight, nine months that we've been, you know, in the pandemic kind of sort of shelter in place, we done so many things some some many of the things didn't pan, pan out but there have been a few things that have panned out and have been very rewarding and so again it's that relentless pursuit to a goal even though at times it might be a very hazy goal so angelica talked about resilience in order to have resilience you have to have a little bit of failure, right? So, I mean, from your guys' perspective, from each of you, what do you think has been one of the biggest mistakes that you've made and how have you tried to overcome it? I'll start with Oscar because he looks Yeah, like, I was like, I'll let you take like, that one first. He goes, I know exactly what that is. Yeah, uh, so I wouldn't say necessarily it's a mistake because they're, they're, they're learning lessons. Even miss, you know, sometimes what we, most of the time when we think of mistakes, it's kind of like a negative and I do it as learning lessons. And so one of, one of the things that that's been a learning, learning lesson uh, for me um, now, you know, looking back um, was that it did take me a longer than probably I would have wanted to have a clear 
a clear definition of who my target audience is. And then within the target audience, what are the offerings that I provide to the audience? Because um, I was kind of like all over the place. I mean, I used to do LinkedIn workshops, believe it or not, for high school students, like sophomores and juniors. And that's that doesn't pay the bills. Okay, doesn't pay the bills. And, you know, I spent a lot of time doing that, et cetera, you know, targeting that audience. And so that has been one of the learning lessons again, looking back, I'm like, oh, you know what? If I would have kind of had those things more clearly defined financially, who knows? We would have been probably further along. But again, it's a learning lesson. Okay. And Helica, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I would completely agree with that. I mean, there were definitely moments in time where it's like, I just remember my dad being like, okay, so I want this. I think it's going to work out. And I don't know how we're going to get there. I don't know who we're going to talk to. But like, let's just kind of like, we'll just go to that direction. And so, I mean, it's, you don't know until you're in the situation. You don't know until you try, basically. And I think that, in a sense, that is where some perhaps, quote unquote, like mistakes may have happened, where it's like, oh, you know what, looking back, we, you know, we could have like, not have done that X, Y, and Z. But I think it's definitely, it's all the failures or the small mistakes where like, that we experience, where it's, if it was in terms of marketing, or like, kind of um, fleshing out what our mission was, it's something that had to be done through trial and error. Otherwise, we would have always wondered, oh, what if we would have done it this way? And that's one of the great things that working with my dad is that if something doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's out the window. Like, <laughs> no problem, no hesitation. We'll try something else. But um, yeah, I think that's definitely one of the, the curveballs that we have been thrown. Okay, so I mean, you talked a little bit about you know, target marketing, which is, you know, something that I love is marketing. Um, but, you know, that goes back to the nuts and bolts of like a business plan. So, mm -hmm. kind of, can you guys, you know, pull back the curtain and kind of share with me the business plan and how it's evolved over time? Because obviously, I've been with you from the beginning, I know <laughs> that it's evolved, it, it's been yeah. an evolution. It's not just like, oh, we had a plan, we executed it from A to Z, this is how it goes. Um, so, kind of tell me about the nuts and bolts because we get a lot of customers at the library, you know, they're pouring through books on business plans, mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know, you have to kind of be like Nike. You got to just do it. And it yeah. just seems yeah. like you got to just yeah. are doing it. So, yeah. yeah. Tell me. Yeah. So, you know what? And, 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 and that's the difference between um, our approach versus someone else's approach. And I am not saying our approach is the way to do it. And pouring through books is the wrong way. No, you just you got to do what's right for you now. I, you know, it, it has been sort of that trial and error, okay, that that uh, approach that, that we've taken. The thing, too, that I, you know, to use those two types of people, the trial and error, and then, you know, you figure everything out, you read everything out there. What I have seen, okay, throughout my history is, is that that person that reads and reads and reads never does anything. And so that's why I'm kicking that person's ass in business because they're over there, you know, subscribing to the 50th podcast, reading, checking out the 100th book. Okay. And 
while they're trying to figure out for, for something that happened, now time has passed, like pre-COVID, now we're in COVID and there is no books written on COVID, how to deal with COVID-19, the pandemic. Like there is nothing. Everyone right now, we're all in the same situation, trial and error. And so those of us that, that have been doing things through trial and error, we're going to do better than someone who is used to reading because there is nothing there. You know, and so that's part of the part of the thing, uh, uh, the approach. And, you know, for, for in terms of like peeling things back, one of the things like I remember, uh, Cheryl, after the very first talk that I did for you, that basic LinkedIn 101, that you asked me if I could come back and do a talk on career transitioning, because it, in that first talk, I spoke a little bit about my career journey. And here's the thing. I don't even know if you know this, but. I said, first of all, I said yes to you. I will come back and do it. Yes. I didn't have a presentation put together. I said yes to you. Then I went home and then I'm like, oh crap, now I got to put this together. And I put this presentation together and then I went back and I did the presentation. And in that process, I'm shaping it, molding the presentation. Essentially, your group was my guinea pig. And, and, and then as more people in the audience saw my presentation and liked it then they went out to their respective other groups and they're like hey oscar you did a talk on career transition can you come and do it sure well then guess what i did to that second time i massaged the presentation even more fine-tuned it even more even more and see it is something this approach is something that i learned when i worked in the startups in that every if you think about when um Apple or any you know software company comes out with an with an app, they don't come out and they don't wait to release the iPhone or the operating system until all the bugs are worked out. It's version 14.1, 14.0 iOS, then 14.01, 14.02. You know, it's like keep going and going. And that approach of just constantly tweaking things is exactly the approach that we've taken here with the speed with our training versus the other way that I told you that someone is waiting until their operating system is, you know, perfect. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> and Helica, do you have any thoughts to share about the, the process? Because I mean, obviously you work with your dad and, uh, you know, uh, you definitely know how he works, you know, the ins and outs, but you know, it, you must have your own style and, it may differ from your dad. So like, tell me a little bit more about that kind of process of basically yes. working with your family member, which is your dad. <laughs> it must be fun, well, but it must be, it must be challenging at times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, actually for the most part, it's pretty easy going. I mean, we have very similar personalities and very similar ways of thinking. Um, I think as someone, coming into this a little bit over a year ago now, um, one of the things that was a little nerve wracking was this very much like trial and error style. I mean, as someone who like has a purse that's filled with everything up to like the top, like you need super glue, I got it. And then all of a sudden being like, okay, well, I don't know how we're gonna do this, but like, I really wanna get it done. And I don't really have a plan and I'm like, freaking out of my mind, like, oh my goodness, I need a strategy, like A, B, and C, very analytical mind. Um, and then coming into this and then kind of throwing that a little bit out of the window. I mean, that was definitely a transition for me, but also 
realizing that by sticking to a very structured plan, you also limit yourself with the ingenuity and the creativity that spontaneously comes out of these quote unquote errors. And that's something where makes a business live or die is that are you able to stay relevant and are you able to meet your customers needs and that's constantly evolving and so to create this very structured map is almost like stifling in a way and so i mean eventually i was able to realize that and kind of um you know kind of get used to the uh to the unknown per se but I mean, that was definitely a transition for me. And but this is something that has been really enjoyable and something that's allowed me to flexibility to explore, you know, different avenues of business. OK, so you kind of previewed this a little bit, but let's talk about like curating clients. OK, I mean, obviously, I was your first, I think, one of the first <laughs> clients that you ever had, uh, you know, and clients. I'm not the, I'll just be very honest with you. I'm not in, I think Oscar, you would agree. I'm not the most easiest client to deal with because I order off the menu. I am not a, a, you know, just like you guys don't follow a rule book. I don't do the same thing either. And I like to order off the menu. Usually when speakers go, oh yeah, I talk about A, B and C and D. I'm like, uh, uh you need to talk about Z because that's what I want is Z. <laughs> So talk about curating clients because, yeah. you know, I know that Oscar, you know, because I've seen a lot of your presentations, you work off referrals. You know, what is the secret to getting clients that just come back to you like myself who, you know, you do one presentation and I'm like, uh, Oscar, I need you to do this presentation and this one and this one and this one and that one. Yeah, yeah yes, yes. Um, you know, my you i didn't really again you know reflecting back it's kind of like going like what i mentioned the story about my parents right like thinking back like oh yeah yeah that kind of makes sense and so reflecting back on what you just said in your style and my style in terms of training i see why there's this compatibility this synergy because i'm going to tell you there's a word in spanish called sazon sazon in english means it's like it's like your unique like when you're cooking it's your unique flavor or taste that you give your food like you and i can make the same pasta you know pasta but you just kind of you taste your thing and like you know it's like when you you can tell mom's cooking right mm -hmm. okay that's kind of like sazon and so what does that have to do with training what it has to do is every client has their unique need and i also have my unique way of presenting but for, 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 for a speed of consulting where the magic comes in is to take your unique needs and match it with the flavors of the training that we provide so that at the end, as the client, you are completely satisfied and it is customized to your group. And so when you do that, you are delivering a kick but experience, not training, because a dog with a note in his mouth can provide training, LinkedIn 101. But a dog can't necessarily provide that experience that I'm talking about, that sazon. And it's, and it's that magic right there, that experience that makes for the client, they're like, wow, this is freaking amazing. You know, like, you know, we need to have Oscar come back. And, and it's true, Cheryl, actually what you mentioned, like um, typically in the industry, whether as a speaker or as a trainer, it's rare to get the client to have you come back 
like year after year to do trainings because you know they you cover a topic or several topics and then they move on to another topic so it makes sense but i've had like yourself i just had last yeah not two weeks ago another client i've had others that have had me come back you know multiple times to do uh trainings for them and it is because of this what i refer to it as again that sasson that that magic seasoning uh in the training yeah you definitely offer something that is different and unique than what others offer and that's probably why i always come to you because you're able to offer me the z the 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 x factor or the x factor that i've always wanted or i need and uh you know again i'm very particular about who i work with and <laughs> my staff knows i i don't just work with anybody so um so angelica let's talk about okay you're curating clients you i mean i hear that you're responsible for a lot of the social media i know that oscar was doing a lot of the social media but I mean, you basically uh, put kerosene on it and lit it on fire. So uh, talk about a little bit more about the social media aspect and kind of because obviously, you know, things are very different. Um, you know, when I have people come into the library and they want to post a flyer about something, I'm like, I don't know if that's necessarily the way you want to market, you know, whatever you're talking about. So, uh, yeah, explain to me a little bit more about the kind of the social media aspect and, you know, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, <laughs> you know, and on and on and on. How you stay yeah. afloat, you know, Twitter. No, no TikTok yet. Maybe in the future we'll see. I think, I think if we, once we get to TikTok, I think it, that'll get a little overwhelming. Um, but in terms, in terms of our social media accounts, um, I I mean, if anything, I learned from my dad because he is the techie person. He is the one who is always tinkering with like little things where I'm like, okay, just just teach me or like tell me the easiest way to do this. So I, I definitely take his lead whenever it comes to that. But um, one of the kind of like one of the things that over the last eight months that's become my, my quote unquote like baby is our training platform, which is actually, um, I, we've been able to upload, I mean, you know, I don't even know how many webinars we have on there anymore. Probably we're getting to like 30 or so and keeping on top of that, making sure that people, we get emails, people saying, Hey, um, I'm waiting for the recording to get up. I'm like, okay. Like managing that, managing, you know, making sure that, uh, staying on top of, our clients and stuff but I mean I'm it's something that I think as someone who is growing up in this day and age where multitasking and taking on being like I don't know how to do it but I will learn is definitely an attitude that I have learned to embrace and be comfortable with and definitely just going and trying things without knowing what I'm doing <laughs> Yeah. I can see Oscar doing like a TikTok video of him like doing <laughs> and like it's like a line, you know. <laughs> I'm here to empower you, you know, that that kind of line and it's like TikTok. Uh, yeah. Oscar, tell me more about the social media because I know you do a lot of video. Um you do a lot of the Adobe Spark. Um share a little bit more about that and um for any of you guys who don't know because I I know the 
background because of course I've been with Oscar almost since the beginning. Uh, he's always tinkering around with technology. Like he's like, Cheryl, I want to do this. Is this okay? Can, can we do this at your library? Like I won't film anybody. I just need to, I want to tinker this out. Let's see. Does it work? You know, uh, Cheryl, it, it's, um, so I have spent zero on marketing, zero on marketing. Okay. Wow. I actually, I actually um, at the beginning of the year, I used to have the premium account on LinkedIn. And then at the beginning of the year, the credit card changed or whatever. And, and uh, I didn't update it. And I was getting these alerts uh, from LinkedIn. Reminded like, hey, you know, like update your credit cards, you know, so you can stay on the premium or whatever. And then all of a sudden, I, I, the light bulb went on. I'm like, wait a minute. I have spent zero on marketing. And one of the points in my trainings for like 99% of the people out there that are on LinkedIn, like, you know, you can succeed on the LinkedIn platform with the free version. So let me go back to the free so that therefore I can, you know, walk the talk in terms of that. And so, um, you know, to your point, our business has been through referrals, whether it's word of mouth or people seeing content that we share. And when you share content, first of all, like, I, 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 what's today? Today's Monday. I think it was Saturday. Okay, I posted this silly video that's like 15 seconds long of last year when I was in Mexico City, uh, of this place that was making tacos al pastor on the streets there. I mean, you, you watch that video, your mouth just waters. Silly, stupid video that probably belonged on Facebook or Instagram, but I posted it on LinkedIn. And I think it's like close to 4,000 views right now. Now. Wow. That has nothing to do with my trainings, but what it has to do is visibility of Oscar Garcia's profile. And then people go onto my profile and they read like, oh my gosh, introvert international speaker, what is this guy talking about? LinkedIn training, social selling training, blah, 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 et cetera, and so forth. So social media is, as a, is a powerful tool, but it's also the story that you tell with the content that you create and, and the engagement, and then also the consistency as well. Because that's the other thing, too. Like, listen, buddy, just because you now got your gym machine at home because you can't necessarily go to the gym, you still got to, like, unfold it and, like, use it. Absolutely. Um, so you talked about paying zero dollars for marketing. Um, so I guess my question is, let's start from the beginning. I mean, how much capital have you put in your business and – you know, because a lot of people are starting, but then sometimes they're suckered into actually putting in capital or money in order to start up their business. Yeah. Um, and how did you become profitable, especially, you know, cash flow positive, especially in this environment? I mean, this is a very tough environment to be cash flow positive. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know what, Cheryl, actually, so that was the other thing, too, that um, when I started Aspita, I didn't have money, you know um to to like invest etc and so forth so really what what i did was sweat equity my time putting it into it and trying to tinker with things um to where i didn't have to pay for things hence like what i just mentioned you know like social media using that as as a platform right to to promote and, and market my business <laughs> i mean of course you know 
I have, you know, paid to create a website, um, you know, some of the, 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 the tools that I use to create some of the content, et cetera, you know, member uh, or subscriptions. Yeah, I do pay, but that's very minimal. Um, and then also, I mean, just to be clear, I mean, the type of business that I have, which is the, it's basically what I'm doing is I am charging for my knowledge, my experience. That's when I, it's, it's up here. You're paying me for this. And the years that I have spent and the time that I spent tinkering with stuff so that you don't have to tinker with it yourself. So I'm not creating a widget, you know, and, and et cetera and so forth and a prototype and all that where I have to invest. This, my business is totally different. So let's, you know, everyone, let's just be clear on the type of business that, that I have that I didn't have to. But for me personally, that's what I wanted. I didn't, because I didn't have the money, you know? And, uh, and so that's what I've done. Now, it has uh, taken me because, I mean, I made some financial stupid decisions as well. And, and you know, in fact, one of my weaknesses is the whole budgeting and accounting type of stuff. <laughs> I hate it. Okay. I hate it. And, uh, and I procrastinated and it's cost me, you know, I've made some, some bad financial decisions that have cost me financially. Uh, and then also, again, just, you know, being transparent here. I mean, I've had, you know, at times where I had to go to my brother I even had to go to Angelica, hey, Angelica, you know what? Can I borrow, you know, your credit card or something? Because again, I made some stupid decisions um, uh, that put me in this, you know, negative situation. But the thing is too, Cheryl, is, and I did not expect this, you know, Angelica did not expect this, but when COVID hit, yes, for like the first three months, uh, four months, I was super stressed out because all the training, the traditional training face-to-face -face got, they were gone, like for many years. But over the last three or four months, business has completely turned around. And I've actually, I've done more training in the last like four months than I, and, and paid trainings than I've done ever before. And so financially, mm -hmm. things have started to turn around uh, as well. So, I mean, that's, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Wow. Okay. So talk about, let's, let's dive into COVID and how you know you previewed how things have changed for you i mean you were jet setting to i remember you were in michigan one time you're you you were all over the map you were in panama the next week because every time you come to do a program with me you're like uh oh, and i'm gonna be in panama oh i'm in mexico city and then i'm in michigan i'm gonna be picking apples cheryl so <laughs> off the apple tree so uh, so can you tell me about the COVID experience and how, you know, you went from doing, you were like on a plane all the time to now being grounded. <laughs> I went from, yeah. A, uh, yeah, from going to, like you said, traveling all over the place, you know, to all of a sudden just the travel went from my bedroom, bathroom, living room, the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was horrible. I, I had March 16th, which is, Mm -hmm. uh, or the following day, the 17th, when we went to shelter in place, I was supposed to do a, um, a uh, an in-person workshop for my alma mater, UC Berkeley, for a career fair. And, you know, up until I think that Monday, it was still on. And then all of a sudden, like, afternoon, Monday, get the email, nope, canceled. You know, a career fair has been canceled. And, um, and so... Like I said, I mean, we were freaking out about what we're gonna do, but one of the things that we did do is, so that was on Monday, that week, <laughs> Thursday, we did our first webinar 
Friday, that next day, we did the second webinar, same topic, just different hours. And we had not, we have not stopped from doing online presentations, whether it's webinars, you know, where, the, where I, you know, we share it out to the general public, to trainings, uh, private trainings from companies, organizations, or, you know, being interviewed to be on a, you know, podcast or, you know, a, 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 a Facebook Live or whatever. I mean, all these online activities, and it, is, and it has been that online presence that has helped us stay top of mind. And it also has helped me get more comfortable speaking to a stupid little camera. Okay? <laughs> Most people have their cameras turned off. You know, I joke with Angelica. I'm like, Angelica, I literally right now, because I've done so many, I can literally just go up to the wall and just give a presentation. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it seems like sometimes. Like, hello, anyone there? <laughs> you know? and, 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 and then also new topics, new trainings that have come. In other words, it, see, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier. Activity beats perfection. Activity beats perfection. Absolutely. So, uh, Angelica, any modifications on your end in the way that you've kind of, okay, modification for yeah. it? A lot. I mean, when we, I mean, I remember standing in front of the TV in the living room and they're like, and seeing like Santa Clara County is shut down. Like no one's leaving the house. And I'm thinking, wow, this is going to last like a month, like maybe. And then slowly but surely the weeks drag on. It's like, oh my goodness, like this is the new reality. And then slowly getting calls from my dad being like, hey, you know, so and so canceled can't go so and so canceled can't go like everything's canceled and I was at first I was under the impression I was like oh okay well like we'll just take a week off like you know it'll be fine within that and then it just from there my dad's like okay we need to figure out like what to do we're gonna start doing webinars I don't know how we're gonna do it um we didn't know how to I don't think I ever used zoom until then um I never even heard of zoom until then <laughs> I yeah so I was like okay we're gonna learn about zoom and we're gonna learn how to upload it along with content for our training platform we're gonna start using eventbrite for our you know to get the word out there and we're gonna do all this within like a week and I just and oh and on top of it can you start he's like oh yeah by the way I want to start talking to more colleges can you please contact all the Hispanic serving colleges in the country <laughs> like well okay well I don't like sure like we'll do that there are some very sleepless nights like it was a lot of work but I think in the end as we've have gone god knows how many webinars now it's become like a machine and it's really rewarding kind of seeing that that work that was put in and in such a quick time frame that turnaround so i mean it was definitely a lot of work absolutely i mean i remember uh, when COVID hit and of course i speed dial to your dad because i'm like if there's anybody i'm gonna do a, my first zoom or my first my first online presentation is going to be Oscar because, you know, <laughs> if it doesn't work, at least, you know, he'll be a little bit more forgiving than most people. And like, luckily he was because I had so many technical difficulties that <laughs> I had. Poor Jim rescued me on Zoom. And that was my first time using Zoom. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. I, mean, I agree. We all like learn from it. But OK, so now take us now that COVID is now here to stay <laughs> it's going, we're 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 retreating we're we're going even worse tell me 
what is the game plan strategy for the next like six months to a year? I mean, what, what is, what is the game plan? Is it still webinars? Is it still, are we ever going to have in-person stuff ever again? I'm beginning to really doubt it. <laughs> yeah. So here's, here's what we see. First of all, um, Cheryl, I think the, the whole virtual, at least for another year, um, where it's gonna it's gonna be that and I base that based on what I hear from the like the big tech companies that you know some of them in the summer of 2021 some of them September of 2021 is when you know they said to their employees hey you know this is when you know we expect you to come back to work there's there's some that uh gosh i forgot it was a consulting like consulting company i forget who it is i just read today a headline that basically you know going forward their their entire workforce will be remote my point is is that for at least for another 12 months i think it definitely will be virtual then i think it's going to be sort of that hybrid model where um i might come in and do a live presentation to a small group and then via whatever zoom or whatever broadcast to the rest of the the team the the workforce hybrid now it's going to vary country by country too as well i'm actually right now waiting to get confirmation from a client about potentially traveling to mexico next month or in december to do an in-person uh workshop so again country by country you know they feel comfortable uh are feeling comfortable Kind of bringing back these these lives so that's one the other thing is uh last month in september we launched our uh into latin america our online training uh program in spanish because i'm fully bilingual my content is is uh in spanish and then also just the the the, the nuances of the culture of course you know i totally know it it's and there is a huge demand in latin america for um u.s trainers they want to know what we know here so that's a huge opportunity there uh, as well um <clears throat> the other thing too is partnering with different uh key consulting uh groups to where essentially imagine like a uh the the the, the spokes of a wheel where you know each consultant has his or her um, strength, um, uh, discipline, or area that that he or she is strong in, and when you bring a lot more of them together, obviously you have a stronger uh, wheel, and then you can provide bring that those services uh, as it relates to corporate training. And then the last thing too is is that um, with I, I just last month we launched uh, my podcast career talk with OG uh, and I do have a lot of content and so I want to get that content out to more and more people out there one so I can help them but also the uh, the result of that too as well is is that uh, that's going to create more visibility and more business etc and so forth Okay. If you haven't gotten enough of his voice yet, you know, well, we, we're everywhere now. <laughs> yeah, I was just listening to the podcast before this because I hadn't listened to a lot of the podcast before um, I, at the gym, at our gym, Oscar, because I can yeah. say it's our gym, 24-Hour Fitness, which is now open now, thank goodness. Uh, I was just listening to it. It was absolutely great. And uh, the articles that you shared are absolutely great. And it's, it's awesome to hear from other people you know kind of the formulaic uh way to their success um so before i move on really quick i do want to 
ask you because your business is a little bit different than most, right? You have an international business now. So can you talk about like the differences? Because obviously there's going to be differences when you deal with an international audience versus a domestic audience because they're very, very, they want different things. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit more, you guys, about domestic versus international and how that kind of the differences. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> You know, actually, I'll tell you one of the, there's many different, but, I, but one that immediately comes to my mind is here in the U.S., we're very cocky and arrogant. <laughs> and so, and whereas in, for example, in other countries like America, because I've done also training for, uh, for folks in Germany and Vietnam, they're very, like I said, they're very open. They're very coachable. It's like, tell mm -hmm. me what you know, because you guys are amazing. You know, I'm using you as in like, you know, U.S., knowledge and you know technology and expertise and so forth whereas here again like we're very cocky and, and, and arrogant and so um i noticed that in terms of the 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 people being receptive to doing more people over there do uh, be more receptive to actually doing what you teach them to do um so so that's a, that's a difference the other thing too is is that depending on the content that I'm that I'm teaching. There are, one thing like in Latin America, LinkedIn is not as big uh, uh, over there. They heard of it. Maybe some of them have an account, but um, but still, I mean, here in the U.S., the market is huge. I mean, it's mm -hmm. the largest uh, uh, members user base uh, uh, of LinkedIn users here. Uh, and so, so over there, sometimes I have to kind of, in some cases, might begin with some of the basics before I get into some of the more advanced stuff. Um, the, uh, the other thing too is, is that, um, in Latin, in Latin America, the, if you're going to talk about like sales, right? Like, or social selling, cause that's one of the topics that, that I train on, um, need to have some knowledge in other platforms like Instagram, WhatsApp, WhatsApp is huge in Latin America and many businesses will have a WhatsApp button on their website. Whereas here, you, I, I've never seen a website here in the U S with a WhatsApp button to call, you know, or anything like that. Press it. You know, you, that just doesn't exist here. So, so as a trainer, I have to be open and understanding. And it goes back to what I mentioned a while back about customizing the training to your, your audience. So those are some, some of the differences uh, that I see. Angelica, do you have any other things that you see? Because obviously you do kind of the nuts and bolts of the kind of back end of everything. So are there any distinct differences if people want to go international? Yes, definitely. And I think one of the, one of the things we've been more cognizant of and realize is that when we go into other countries and our ability to, we need to be able to effectively, but also respectfully connect with these individual individuals. Cause that's ultimately what we're doing is one, we're providing a service, but we're also providing it in a way that's relatable and authentic. But in order to do that, we also have to be vulnerable ourselves and realizing that not everyone is at that same vulnerable level as perhaps we are, but making it so that our message comes across clear, but also to kind of uplift other people so that they can realize that they have potential, that they 
are able to pursue their dreams in a way that is authentic to them and their culture. Okay, great. Okay, I kind of want to wrap up this portion of our um, of kind of the Q and A because I wanted to try something a little bit different because there's not many times where I'm able to moderate with a father and daughter team. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to play a little game. I wanted to ask you guys some um, questions from that I've curated from some of our customers, from some future entrepreneurs that I come across. Um, and then I want you guys to give a one word answer at the same time. It's either gonna be a yes or it's gonna be a no. And so I wanna see if father and daughter <laughs> actually think the same or is it a totally different answer because you guys span different generations? I want to see new school, old school, OG, new G. <laughs> There's a difference in opinions, and I want to know why, okay? So here's my first question uh, from one of my customers. I have a job that I really, really hate. I hate my boss, and I dislike what I'm doing. I don't like my coworkers at all. Would you recommend quitting without another job lined up and or starting my new business? I'm gonna count down from three, two, one, and you guys are both gonna spit out the answer. Okay, you ready? So it's either yes or no. Okay, three, two, one. No. Yes. <gasps> really? And Helica, I'm gonna start with you. Why should you quit your job and start your own business? Well, I would say I'm saying yes, because well, I'm I obviously don't know a full background of this individual, but I have firsthand seen what it's like for someone to be in a job for 20 plus years and hate it. Absolutely hate it. Realize, you know, some crisis happens and realize then realizes, oh, my goodness, this isn't a job for me get gets laid off or whatever because they don't care about the job anymore and they're they're not gonna keep up stay relevant or anything and so I've seen that happen and not go downhill um and I'm I mean if anything I'm under the impression of go ahead and try it I mean if you're already failing at one thing so if you're gonna fail at something else at least you know you you know you tried and um I'm always I'm the type where that that what if um, I mean, who knows? It might, it might be success, and I don't want to. I rather, you know, dive in and have the chance of being successful than never knowing whether or not that would have been a success. Okay, New G is gonna take a, a <laughs> chance and take the risk and go. See ya, bye, Felicia. Boss <laughs> and everybody else. I might come out of here. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, Oscar, OG. I was surprised. I'm actually really yeah, surprised. Right? By the way, you guys, I didn't tell these guys what I was going to ask them. I was like, I'm just going to play a game with you guys, but I'm not going to yeah. tell you what I'm going to ask you. I am so shocked, Oscar. Mr. Yeah. You're <laughs> consulting that you're like, no. You well, should keep your job. <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you where, where, obviously, I mean, there's more to like, I had a point at the beginning, there's, you know, I would ask more questions to really get a clear picture. But what, what, 
the reason why I said no, and, and it's not no as in like stick till death do us part, you know, until you <laughs> have a heart attack. No, okay. What I'm saying is, it, the reason I say no is because um, I think it's, it, one, it's important to try to work things out. It's a skill set. It requires a skill set mm-hmm. to work out the challenges, smooth out, you know, the issues, the problems that are, that are going on. Um, and that, that skill set, uh, what people skills, leadership skills, um, you know, people management, conflict resolution, et cetera. Those are skills that, uh, you need to have, uh, mm-hmm. in general in your job. But if you, you do decide, you know, to like Angelica's point to move on, to, uh, and leave and be like, you know, peace out, having those skills in your next opportunity or as a business owner are also very mm-hmm. important. So if you haven't developed those skills, then at some point, when are you going to develop those skills? Cause you're going to need them. So that's why I said, uh, no. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Let's see our next question. Okay. And again, I need you guys to answer at the same time. I want to start a business, but I have to put out a large sum of money, like 50 grand. Should I do it? Three. The answer is yes or no. Three, two, one. No. No. Both say no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Helica, why no? That's a lot of money. <laughs> Let's just be honest here. It's a lot of money. Like not as much. It's probably my student debt, but that that's um I am a firm believer in, again, we've, we mentioned it trial and error, but it's the, the error is going to cost you as some that you cannot recover from. Then I think that's where you have to draw the line. I mean, obviously there's risks that you take when creating a business, but also you want that risk to, in the end, you'll be able to at least somewhat recover or whatever lesson you learn, at least you'll have that seed to be able to try again. And so that's why, that's why I said no. Oscar. Yeah. yeah. Grand, no. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have to, you have to think about what, what that ROI is going to be, uh, that money, that is a lot of money, uh, you know, like Helica said to you, to put out. And um, it's, it's good to, I mean, it, it is like my, my, again, going back to my situation, because of the fact that I had that one year contract with LinkedIn financially, it allowed me to keep the wolves away from the door uh, and, you know, and, and be able to kind of formulate and think more about my business versus when you put that all that money out there at once, that is very stressful and it is hard to make decisions when you are stressed when you are panicking when you are in survival Mm -hmm. mode it is very you you don't think clearly and so yeah to put out to just put that out there i mean geez i mean if hey if you can afford to lose (laughs) fifty thousand sleep and go for it you know that's like 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 if, if I have a relative that said, that asked me, hey, can I borrow 500 bucks? I'd probably let them borrow 500 bucks because if they never pay me back, I don't give a crap because I, I, I'm okay with that. You know, like we all have a limit financially. Yes. That we have. So if your limit is $50,000, you're not going to be stressed and hey, go for it, buddy. You know, but for most people, no. Okay. 
Good to know. Uh, what happens if it was 10 grand? Is the answer still no? Uh, yes, it's still no. Angelica, is it still no? I hesitated, I hesitated but I would, I would say still no, because at the end of the day, I mean, it's, you also have to think of whose time and whose time are you also wasting by doing this? Because sure, you're shelling out the money, but you're also shelling out time and a sense. And if this, you know, business is a bust, you know, it could essentially not just be, you know, you who's involved. It could also be the clients that you promised to deliver to and then it doesn't go through. Okay. So, yeah. And, and you know, Cheryl, here's the thing too, is, is that many of us need to invest in ourselves. <laughs> we, many of us focus on investing again on a widget, uh, on a website. And it's like, that, those are all tools. Mm. I, if you, if the question was, should I invest $10,000 Should someone invest $10,000 in their personal growth and development? I'd be like, oh yeah, that, that's yeah. cheap. Because this, yeah, that's yeah. Because you know, and actually, Ariel, my my friend over here. Sorry, Ariel. Uh, I know you asked a question a while back. I mean, she asked a question here, Oscar. I have a question. If you could tell your younger self something, what would it be, and how how would it have helped or changed your outcome? And that is believing in myself. Hmm. If I would have believed in myself a lot earlier in life, I would have been a lot further ahead. And that's one of the challenges that many of us face whether as an employee, whether we're looking at, we don't believe in ourselves and we hold back. And so, yeah, if the question was, should I invest $10,000 in, in personal growth and development? I'd be like, yeah, do it. Because mm -hmm. that dividend, it, it's gonna pay off so much more in many areas of your life. Okay, Tony Robbins, Gary V, I'm coming to you for 10 grand. <laughs> that kind of money. Oh, I don't have that kind of, I wish I did. Okay. <laughs> Next question. I have a personal social media account on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. Should I use another Facebook or Instagram page for my business instead of using my personal one? The answer is yes or no. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Yes. No. Really? <gasps> I don't know. Oscar, tell me. Yeah. Tell yeah. me. I'll tell your answer. Okay, so first of all, let me, I'll tell you my answer. First of all, let me tell you here is, is that 99% of the people out there use social media for social fun. It's yeah. like clubbing when you were in your, uh, in your early 20s. You went to the club because you wanted to have fun, okay? That's right. You don't go to clubs because, you know, you're going to pray the rosary, all right? <laughs> um, and, and, and nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong to use social media. But... If you want to get ahead in terms of your career or your business, then uh, you need to uh, use social media as a business tool, as a business tool. And so um, most people, again, going back to the 99%, right? Most people have their social media accounts, all social stuff, right? This is what I had for breakfast. This is when I broke up with my boyfriend. This is what I'm dating today, blah, blah, blah. And most employers don't give a crap about that. 
Also, if I'm a potential client of yours, I don't give a crap that you broke up with your boyfriend, girlfriend, or any of that. <laughs> I want to know what's in it for me. What is your product or service? So therefore, I say, you know what? Open up another business social media account so that you are promoting your business. Now, ideally, I would just say, you know, and I think uh, where Angelica maybe was going is I would say just have one because you're going to get sucked. Your time is going to get sucked into that social fun clubbing instead of doing your, you know, writing your paper a week before you're going to pull an all night or Sunday night hungover from clubbing. Angelica, so you said that you should combine them. Is it, it was your dad, right? Is it because yeah. time wise, it's a yeah. time suck? Well, first, Cheryl, um, I think I'm going to be out of a job by the end of this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> or, disowned us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> or disowned us his daughter. Um, but no, it's fine. I'll have other opportunities. I've been networking. So, um, but no, yeah, the, my point being is trying to keep track of all like having double accounts on things and then eventually maybe having even triple accounts because you're like oh this is my like I'm whatever this is a different account and so I think that just gets super convoluted um it's like having multiple personalities and trying to remember who you are in front of different people which is something that I'm I appreciate transparency um and so again I mean, if you were planning to use like your personal account to again to, you know, post booty pics or, you know, go to the club or whatever, then obviously like keep that separate. But at the end of the day, I think, and especially my generation and seeing a lot of younger people out there is that we're seeing that one, a lot of businesses are getting very much active in social justice and people are wanting to know where they stand on certain um, social initiatives and so i think it's also important to be honest about what your business represents and if that means that it usually typically emulates your own values is what your business represents so i think that's important to kind of merge those two so that it is very clear what your mission is and where you stand on certain items so that's just my my take on like making just one and making it very clear and you know don't don't get don't go crazy with all the accounts out there it's true. Uh, friends, I'll, I'll just tell you, I only have one. So it's all, it's all it's my personal stuff, uh, food picks, you know, traveling picks all in one. So <laughs> that's what it is. It just is what it is. Okay, next question. I pitched my business to a potential client or customer and I totally bombed it. Should I send a thank you email or note to try to salvage the relationship? The answer is either yes or no. In three, two, one. Yes. 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 Both yes. Yeah. And Helica, why yes? Um, from experience of having bombed presentations, um, <laughs> I think at the end, I mean, is always one worse in your own mind than perhaps it actually was. Two, it's a learning experience. And three, um, I'm always under the impression where even though this one opportunity may not have worked out, again, you only need one opportunity. You need that one, you know, crack in the door to get you through. And I mean, if this one didn't work, then there's always the next one. And I think 
saying the thank you is also just, I mean, that's just a courtesy and politeness. Like, thank you for having to see me stumble through that. Um, but I mean, give me a year, I'll be back and I'll, you know, I'll kick ass doing this presentation for you again. And so, I mean, there's never activity, like my dad says, is better than perfection. Oscar, you got anything to add on that? Well, yeah, it's something that, that I learned early on in high school. And that is that if you, if, if you don't take a chance, you know, if, if, if you don't ask the question, then you know what the answer is going to be. It's going to be no. Mm -hmm. And so to your point, you know, okay, so you bombed it, then go the way you wanted, you know, you feel dejected. Yes, you know, take a little bit of time, maybe whatever, 24 hours and kind of, you know, cuddle, you know, and curl up in a little ball, you know, and, you know, watch, you know, you know, whatever Netflix or something, you know, whatever gets you kind of going emotionally. But it doesn't hurt to ask again the second time, you know, like to Angelica's point, you know, send that message, email. Hey, sorry. Hey, you know, can we revisit? I, I thought about this and I think I missed this part. And, you know, I apologize. And, and at least ask for that second chance. Um, because if you don't ask, the answer is going to be definitely no. Okay. Let's do this question with a little tweak. I pitched my business for a potential client or customer, and I hadn't heard back from them in a week. So I ring, ring, I gave them a call and I sent an email, no response. Okay. The second week rolls around. I call, I email, no response again. You guys, should I contact them again? Your answer is either gonna be yes or no. In three, two, one. Yes. 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 Yeah. Why yes? Well, um, I, since I, I'll tell you why. First of all, is is that um, especially right now in the situation that we're in, we don't know what people are going through. We need to give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, actually, and because uh, I share this, and Angelica shared it to a time. But for example, um, about two months ago, three months ago, Angelica mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of family members um, had COVID, and you know stuff happens with people we don't know what's going on in their personal lives that we need to give people the benefit of the doubt give them some grace stuff has happened to me too as well um and just sometimes we just fall behind we're just inundated now that you know we're doing so many things from home and messages you know from from social media email text messages you know facebook messenger i mean whatever you know all these messages and so we need to give people the benefit of the doubt uh on that also the other, from a practical standpoint, you basically kind of reach down to them, you know, those you know, those three attempts. That's not enough. That's not enough. Imagine if a batter, okay, baseball player, only went up and won the bat three times in nine innings. On average, a batter, you know, at least strikes, you know, if, you know, it's three times in a, in a game in nine innings. That's three times, um, uh, excuse me, three times, that's nine strikes who knows how many swings they took because there could have been some foul balls mm -hmm. so you know you can't just give up that quickly and if you do give up that quickly like as a competitor you know if we were competitive like i love that about you like <laughs> i love the fact that you quit so easily <laughs> Angelica, what do you think uh you said the same answer 
Yeah. I mean, obviously giving people the benefit of the doubt. Like I've had people who are like, oh my goodness, like I've had to transition my business. Like, I'm sorry. Like I got a new email. Um, and I mean, that's totally understandable. Um, in terms of techniques though, and I mean, maybe the calling and the emailing, um, isn't enough. I mean, get on LinkedIn, start commenting on them, make like, not in a way where it's just like, like, hi, hi, like I'm here, I'm here. But at the same time, just being like, remember me, you know, I know you, I know you saw my message in your inbox, but you forgot about me. And so those gentle reminders and always consistently kind of being top of mind and making sure that those people see the work that you're doing, maybe even highlighting the work that they did. So it's like, it's a little bit of a guilt trip, but hey, if that's what gets me a a response, like best believe I'm going to try it. That's great. That's a great response. And friends, you know, I ask that because it works in any situation, right? Whether you're going for a job interview and you haven't heard from somebody in a while, do you contact them? So this works for everybody, whether you're trying to get a potential client or you're trying to get that job out there. Okay. Next question. I decided to start a business a year ago and it is going nowhere. I've done everything I could. I've poured my money. I've poured my time into it. And I'm just concerned that I'm wasting my time. Would you recommend stopping and maybe going into, uh, you know, getting a regular job like everybody else? Answer is yes or no in three, two, one. No. No. Yeah. No. No. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit your business. A year is nothing. <laughs> a year is nothing. There's nothing. Because tell me more, guys. <laughs> listen, I know right now it is extremely challenging, very competitive to find a job. It is, but you can always find something to pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah, a job. Early when COVID hit, uh, and I was panicking because financially, from a training standpoint, the training revenue just completely well went dry. I actually applied at TJ Maxx to do some stocking in the back room, and I and and I still get the alerts, and I haven't deleted the the alerts because to me, it's a nice subtle reminder of humility and my desire to be to do whatever it took to get a paycheck to continue to help grow my business because my business, I treat my business like a baby. My, my, my business is just enter kindergarten. And what you leave your kindergartner unattended and just, and uh, give up being a parent. Of course not. That would be silly, but that's the commitment that I'm talking about. You figure stuff out on how to succeed. If, If it's not working, then, Go talk to a coach, whoever it is, you know, and figure out what it is that you need to do to make it work. Have that commitment, just like as a parent you would to your child. Wow, I didn't know this this podcast could be career talk with a maxinista. Wow. <laughs> 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 Sorry, all jokes aside. No, seriously. You guys, you guys both said 
don't quit. And Helica, why? Why? I mean, to use the analogy again of a baby, a one-year-old, oh my, having a one-year-old isn't the easiest. My God, either sleepless nights, there's changing diapers, there's learning, oh my goodness, like I can't even do this on coffee. Like there's, I mean, it's tough. It's rough. It's not, if it was easy, everyone would do it. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, especially in this kind of pandemic situation, here's hoping that, you know, this never happens again, but also you may not ever get this opportunity to be able to reach out as many people as you can via social media, via the internet. And so you take advantage of this opportunity, even though it may feel like it's sucking right now. Trust me, every business in the first year struggles. Like it's, it's hard. And you know, it's getting through it that differentiates you from the other people who give up. Because like my dad said earlier, those people who give up, we love you because, you know, that's less competition. So <laughs> never give up, you guys. That's, that's the key yeah. Never give up. Never give up at all. Okay, so let's wrap this up. It's our, it's, it's a celebration. If I had a, a glass of bubbly, I would pop it right now. Five year anniversary. Let's give these guys five tips for five years um, that you guys would recommend to anybody who is where you were way back when, when you were a baby, baby at Spirit Consulting. And let's give them five tips, you guys. Um, go. All right. Well, once you start, Angelica. Oh, you. Wow. As if I wasn't sweating enough. Okay. <laughs> Five tips. Okay. Well, first tip I would say don't be afraid of failing. I mean, that's, that's the number one thing. Everyone's afraid that they're going to screw up and it's going to be the end. But I mean, you, you can't. Like, there's no way. So don't. What did I say? Don't be afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid. Okay, don't be afraid. Uh, two, um, be willing to get out of your comfort zone and to get dirty. Uh, three, be willing to ask for help. I think that's one of the hardest is that you feel like you, this was your brainchild and therefore you have to carry this child alone. Um, that's not necessarily the case. Um, four, admit when something doesn't work. <laughs> There's no use in, you know, hitting your head against the wall and hoping that, you know, you'll finally make a window with your head. No, don't. Um, and then number five, remember where you came from. Um, I think there's a certain amount of humbleness that comes from acknowledging that this all began with like a little, a little seed. And I think acknowledging that is what enables us also not to get too big headed and too overconfident and cocky and staying keeps us humble. Yeah. Okay, Oscar. That's great. So, okay. So one is have a well-defined personal brand and your personal brand is again you know uh combined with your online presence um it, so it's you know yourself your personality right and then your online presence whether it's your social media presence whether it's your website you know content that you put out to, so you have that 
Number two is uh, I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinek, uh, starting with why. That is very important. Why do you do what you do? But in this particular case, the why, make it about what's in it for your clients or who you're serving. Not, uh, it's okay to have your personal why, but the why has to be of what's in it for others. And in, in my case, um, my why, and it's part of my, my tagline, Aspidus Consulting's tagline, and that is that I empower you so opportunities come to you. So that has to do with you. Number three, is uh, is also um, having uh, knowing how to build and nourish relationships is very very important uh, as well um, because you're gonna you know to like Angelica's point about seeking help there are gonna be times where you're gonna will need to seek help from other people uh, or you know referrals etc and so forth um, number four the other thing too is is that um, do, um, start sharing content don't worry if the content isn't high quality or anything like that over time you'll you'll get better i remember some of the first videos and you saw some of the first little video snippets that i did um where i was in my backyard you know and all that type of stuff and i re-recorded the video like i think it was like 17 times you know and et cetera and so forth but over time i've gotten better but by putting that content out again you are providing value-added tips you're staying top of mind etc and then you're also improving uh on your uh on your that that, that skill set and then um <clears throat> number five as well is learn how to delegate that is one of the challenges that when you start your own business and it's, you know, your baby to use going back to that analogy, it, it's hard when when the mother, uh, the mom is going back to work. There's right tears because my ex-wife, you know, with like you can't imagine it's difficult to, to leave your kids with the babysitter to give them to someone else, et cetera, and so forth. And, and so from a business standpoint, it is important that we realize that at some point we need to delegate some of the responsibilities to someone else so that you can focus on the core areas that only you can do um, for, for your, your business. So those are the five things that I recommend. I think those are great tips. So you guys got bonus. You guys got 10 tips uh, out of five. So I want to thank you guys so much for uh, doing this. I do have some questions, um, which I will... Oh, I do have one question that just came up and you guys probably have some on LinkedIn um, live here. Uh, do you recommend university degrees or life experience for trial and error business startup preparedness? Yeah, well, okay. So here's the thing that you, they're both valuable. If you obviously you get both your, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's awesome. Okay. Uh, the, the university degree it's going to open doors for you. It's going to give you that that credibility, that respect, et cetera. Like, for example, I what I say to people, listen, the fact that I graduated from the top public university in the world, UC Berkeley, when people see that, they're like, oh, my gosh, wow. And that's great. OK, but practical life experiences, a Ph.D. professor at Cal didn't teach me that <laughs> it was the dishwasher. And, 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 and someone that worked in housekeeping, which was my dad and my mother that taught me the life lessons to help me overcome. Now, if the question is, which one would I pick? If I could only pick one, life experiences or you know, a, 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 a college degree, life experiences. Life experience. Angelica, what would you say? 
I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? <laughs> sure. Do you recommend university degrees or life experience for trial and error business startup preparedness? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, same as my dad, obviously the university opens doors, it, it provides networking. It's also a place where you will find people who are of similar mindset as you, who are perhaps even towards the same goal as you. Um, and so I see, I see the university or college system as basically a hub of innovation, because that's typically where a lot of this, you know, ideas come from. So I think there's definitely something there. Um, also, I mean, obviously, it's going to open doors in the future. But again, you can't that the life experience that you have is what differentiates you from those college students. So having both hand in hand just makes you that much stronger and that that much more at an advantage. Great. Okay, you guys, I don't have any other questions on my end. Um, I'm going to wrap this up. I want to thank you guys for allowing me to take over Career Talk with OG. I am so thrilled that you would choose me uh, to moderate this. And I have learned a lot from you guys. And I'm sure our listeners out there have learned a lot from you guys, too. So thank you so much, everybody. We're going to sign out. Yes. Um, and thank you so much. Have a great evening. Stay yes. safe. Cheryl, I just want to say um, one last thing before is I also want to thank you as well for moderating this. And uh, like I mentioned in the beginning, as I was thinking back and reflecting on five years, uh, you're the person that came to my mind and I reached out to Angelica. And I also want to thank everyone, uh, you know, in, in, in my network for um, even just the likes that you do on some of my, uh, on my silly pose uh to the referrals to you know the clients that i have uh and you know just for for believing in us and giving us this opportunity and uh i am excited for the next five years because this, this could be even better i really do believe it from the bottom of my heart so thank you very much we as my dad likes to say i own mass because uh, i he has i have the last word um i want to thank you dad for having a dream and for being brave enough to chase it and for letting me, you know, kind of tag along and be a part of this amazing journey. Yes. And I, of course, Oscar, I'm totally indebted to you. Uh, as you know, when I called you and uh, I was talking to you and you were one of my first presenters at Northside and, um, I can't believe we're here at five years and much success to you guys. And uh, you know, I'm your biggest cheerleader, your biggest fan out there. So thank you so much for having me. Okay, guys. Well, I'm gonna wrap it up again. Thank you so much for joining in. Have a great evening.